the Daily Rios for September 14th, 2012. Feedback Friday. Hey, Peter. Um, I was listening to your New Comics Wednesday, and I had this just, just amazing thought. Maybe you could go down the list of all the comics, but you could sing them to us? What do you think? Huh? Huh? <laughs> That's Bruce Rosenberger leaving a comment about the August 28th show, the Happy Birthday Jack Kirby song. That has been getting a lot of play, apparently, from what I can see from the website and the downloads. People are still discovering that, even still commenting on that. It was a fun episode, fun putting it together. So, uh, yeah, I don't think I'll be doing too many uh, voice things like that too often, because that was a beast to put together. It's been two weeks since the last Feedback Friday, and I actually think I'm going to keep that schedule. Maybe, perhaps. Not really sure what that means for what I'll do on those non-Feedback Friday episodes. Then again, I guess that is the whole point of this cast in the first place. So unless I hear an outcry, Feedback Friday will now be going bi-weekly. And we're going to start with a message from Dan Ryder that was left on the website. He says, thanks for the shout-out to Wicked Decent Learning. Yes, the podcast is on hiatus, though I have some thoughts inspired by the Daily Rios and the Vlog Brothers to bring that aspect back in a new format. Family life, professional life, and theater life dictate Wicked Decent Learning function as a blog for right now. We hope that we can stuff it full of content as the school year gets underway. Most importantly, however, I wanted to comment on your thoughts in your back-to-school edition. I think you hit on the energy that unites every educator who has a passion for what he or she does, K through grad school. We are terrified and thrilled and anxious and excited and want our students to feel the same. We second-guess ourselves and carry too much confidence. We want to hurl and we want to huzzah. We want our students to have a taste of amazing, and we want to make sure we set a reasonable bar to maintain. And I freaking love it. Dan, thank you for those comments about education and teaching. As the semester goes on, I find that a lot of those early jitters start to wear away, and I guess that's, that's a good thing. And today I had a great comment. I had a student come up to me that is just auditing my OneTap class. And she said that she decided to add the class in her schedule for grade because she needed to take the class. She needed to be in TAP. She wanted to learn what was going on. And I assume it probably also gives her a goal to work for. So instead of just auditing the class and then you can skip it when you want, she's definitely saying to herself, what is being presented in here, the material, and the way that I'm teaching. She's really excited about it and wants to challenge herself and take it for a grade. So I thought that was really awesome. So I had a great week this week uh, in that in terms of school. Trevor V on TV Tuesday from August 21st says, Despite owning all the seasons of Smallville on DVD, I've yet to watch the series. I plan to address this oversight eventually. But right now, I'm on a Star Trek Deep Space Nine kick of all the Trek series I've seen, which is all of them, except for Enterprise. DS9 is, hands down, my favorite of the bunch. It's one of the few series that, for my money, got exponentially better as it progressed. I'm fairly certain the reason I find DS9 so appealing is on account of the way the series' writers weaved a much broader story arc throughout an otherwise episodic series. Probably they also benefited 
from what TV was trying to do at the time. And also since it started, I feel, during, if not the middle of Star Trek Next Generation, towards like the last third of Generation, they probably felt that Generation could be the episodic series and that they could actually make a given ongoing story with DS9. It didn't, I don't believe it actually started that way. I know they had some hints of some larger stuff going on, but really in some of the later seasons, it feels like that show really decided to take the NYPD blue thing or whatever else was going on at the time and really run with it. And you're right, DS9 is a great series. I, I like it as well. And I'm looking forward to eventually getting into that. I love that you own all 10 seasons of Deep Smallville and you have yet to watch the series. Uh, you should watch it. You should watch it. I think if you're able to watch it in a consistent fashion and not have too much time in between episodes, you're going to start to see that show how it develops. And yes, it's very monster of the week for the, you know, meteor freak of the week for the first season. But there's some really great underlying stuff that, that builds, especially in the second season, and especially in the third and fourth season, and fifth season. So, uh, you know, jump on that when you can. Here's some feedback from the last Feedback Friday episode I did on August 31st from Chris Beckett. He writes, Is Pants aware that Smarties are a wholly different candy in Canada, and for my money, far better? Over there, Smarties are a variation on M&M's with pastel colors and a softer, smoother chocolate filling. That sounds delicious to me. I haven't been in Canada for a long I've only been in Canada once when I went to Fan Expo two years ago, whenever that was. So maybe when I go back, I'll have to check those out. Ed Moore commented on the top 100 sci-fi shows. I have seen episodes from 65 of the 100 series you listed. Not a bad percentage, I'd say. I like that list because it gives me a list of stuff I should watch along the way. My watching habits, like my reading habits, aren't fast enough for me. I need more time in the day, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I think I spend so much time thinking about what this podcast will be or following Twitter, or looking at the larger comics industry that I sometimes forget that, oh, hey, you know, I'm supposed to be watching this, I'm supposed to be reading that. Some people might say that, hey, you know, you're having a life, and you're out there and doing stuff, and you don't you don't have time to, to watch all this stuff or watch all these movies, but I want to. I want to watch them. I want to experience them. I actually spent a night with a friend who has a really great DVD t collection, and I pulled out a whole bunch of DVDs, and I... I showed it to him, I said, okay, here's all the movies I, here's just a few of the movies I haven't seen in your collection, and I said, what should we start with, and we wound up watching, finally viewed Goodfellas and The Natural, two very different movies, but awesome, no wonder they're classics, had such a great time watching Goodfellas, and didn't expect The Natural to be so much of a, a fable, a folk story almost, an American folk story, the way it was told, and the way it was executed. So, you know, I, I want to watch this stuff just so I can say I've seen it. Even if I n never see any of these things again, at least I've seen it one time. So, yeah, I hope to up my number on that list, Ed, and uh, see a few more shows on there. Sandy Parker, on this week's Mia Culpa episode, writes in 16-plus minutes on asthma has to be a non-medical podcasting first. Then again, it might be a medical podcasting first, too. 
I used to hear Derek Coward every now and then talk about his asthma. And someone else, uh, uh, MJ Starchild, wrote on Twitter that hearing my discussion of, of asthma and hearing what it is almost made her go into a fit. I, apparently she has asthma as well. And I used to think that same thing when Derek used to talk about it. I used to, I used to definitely relate and commiserate with him. I could talk about anything, I guess. I probably could have gone longer. And, you know, Sandy, just wait until I get on my circumcision rant. Woo! That's going to be an episode. David D. also comments on that same episode and writes in and says, My first thought when you were describing the asthma attack was, Why didn't you record that? Talk about too much information. Wouldn't that have been podcast gold? Probably. I think he's right. I think he's absolutely right. I should have sat there and recorded that. Because that is a daily Rios and... Who knows, that could have been my last episode, and you would have all heard me die on air. That would have been unique. He goes on to talk about his own experience with asthma and with his child and uh, talking about allergies and how he has a friend who is a playwright and often describes asthma and, and is trying to breathe as being like Sisyphus pushing that boulder up the mountain, that old uh, myth about uh, you get so far and then it comes back down. and. And he think, he he feels that that's exactly what breathing through a bad asthma attack is like for himself. And experience often controls the panic during it. And then he went on to discuss about some tips about what to do, and also about taking medicine, and that it's not actually good sometimes to just randomly take medicine. You're never allowing the medicine to, to actually take hold, and you're not benefiting from what it's supposed to do, sometimes it's better to just take the medicine and then stop cold turkey. And I, I, I certainly appreciate that, and I understand that, and uh, it made me think about what I needed to do with my own asthma and my own medication. So, David, thank you for all of those thoughts. Really do appreciate it. Bruce R. from the Comics Cast and On the Fly also offered up his thoughts as well in a voicemail, things that affect him, and uh, not a voicemail, but in a... In a recording that he sent me, things that he thinks about and stuff that affects him and how, what helps him. And again, it's, you know, they always say, I guess when you reach a certain point, you always talk about health and your health and medicine. And here I am talking about that same thing. And you know what? I guess the stereotype is true because it's true. So I thought it was kind of funny that I got a lot of comments out of the woodwork uh, based on that episode. All right. Some quick ones here. Electric Mayhem on the Chicago Musical Monday. It says, perfect Musical Monday episode. Love Chicago. Jerry Orbach, commanding voice, rare talent. Thank you for the podcast. And he also includes Robert Preston as one of those male performers as well. I do love those performers. Um, perhaps, I think my role model, or I know my role model in musical theater has always been Manny Batinkin. He starred in the original Evita. He starred in the original Secret Garden. He starred in the in what is my favorite musical, Sunny in the Park with George. He's done so much, and I just love the way he tells a story. And I know there are a lot of people that don't think he's the best singer, but I don't always believe that you have to be the best singer for musical you for musicals. You have to be able to tell a story, and that man knew how to tell a story with the roles that he had. So yeah, Manny Patinkin is is one that I really really like. Bill Dowdy on a thought for Thursday. Wrote, listen to the Carl Sagan excerpt four times in a row today. His was one of the greatest minds this world ever produced. I had a few people ask who that was on the A Thought for Thursday episode. I didn't, I didn't introduce it. 
I didn't say who it was or where it was from. And I did that on purpose, too, for a few reasons. One, because I knew some people would know what it is, like Bill did, and that they would appreciate that and, and enjoy it. And once they, they heard it, it would maybe maybe stir up something, uh, you know, some memory of where they heard it the first time. But I also knew there would be people who wouldn't know what it was. And ultimately, that was the point, too, because then it made you really focus on the words themselves. Listen to what it has to say, hear it, maybe listen to it again, and, and wonder maybe what it was and who it was. We have no idea. And sometimes I think that's good. I think that's good sometimes to just hear a person's thoughts without knowing what they're all about and what they believe in, and but just hearing a comment that I believe in and just listening. And, and, and really, that's what podcasting is, right? We just listen. So I thought that was a, a, f- a fun exercise that worked uh, for a few people. So I'll, I'll probably do a bunch more of those. JD74 writes, uh, I believe that's Jamie Dunsey says, Sherlock is amazing, the BBC TV show. It's a modernized Sherlock, so he uses cell phones and modern gadgets, but the writing is very sharp and witty, and I love seeing Sherlock visually solve crimes. It's an amazingly awesome thing to see. Simon McDonald also seconds the, talks about Sherlock and says, I second the comment on Sherlock and Luther. They are two excellent shows. Holmes and Watson are not a couple, but they do address that comedically in the first series. Also, if you like Idris Elba from The Wire, you will love him as the tortured DCI Luther. I've never seen The Wire. Add that to the list of shows I've never seen. Uh, I still haven't started watching anything from the BBC. I, it's funny, you know, I joked about the the gifts on Tumblr that always make it seem like Sherlock's, Sherlock and Watson are a couple. And I almost feel like I've seen so much of, not only Sherlock, but of Doctor Who because of all the gifts. And I think I know every twist and spoiler possible from Doctor Who without actually having seen one full episode. It's really weird. Nothing that kind of spoils it for me that I would never want to watch it, but certainly enough that, that I, I look at it and say, oh, okay, I guess that happens with the, the companion and that with that doctor, and oh, this happens with that doctor, and oh, here's, I guess, what happens with Sherlock, and I guess that's supposed to be Moriarty, and this and that, and people standing on roofs and looking longingly into the sky. <laughs> really kind of bizarre. I actually, I think I need to stop following those certain people who do all that because they're lagging up my dashboard unbelievably. My my poor little MacBook is is struggling every time I go to Tumblr, uh, and there's so many of those gifts, and they just they're, they my MacBook just struggles to load them all in. Uh, I think that's probably why I've stayed away from watching some of that stuff because I feel like I've already seen it, but we'll see what happens. Simon actually went on to give me a few podcasting favorites that he has. He has Comics Alliance Presents War Rocket Ajax, probably his favorite comic pop culture podcast. The Inatko Almanac, Chicago Sun-Times writer Andy Inatko ruminates on culture and technology. I've actually listened to a few of those episodes. The Nerdist stand-up comedians Chris Hardwick, Matt Myra, and Jonah Ray alternate between interviews with celebrities and hostful shows where they just vamp. And then the last one he listed is Thrilling Adventure Hour, a stage production of old-time radio. This is one I think you'll really enjoy. Other than that, I listen to a ton of podcasts that lean towards the more technical bent, software engineering, mobile development, web development, etc. 
as I said, I've listened to the Anatka Almanac. I've listened to about two episodes of that, and that is in my rotation now. I don't think I'll listen to War Rocket, Ajax, or the Nerdist Comics Alliance. I just don't. I just don't subscribe to the way that they present their material. So I think they often talk down to people. So I, I don't think I'll listen to that one. And the Nerdist. Ever since Chris Hardwick once said that Jeff Lemire and Scott Snyder asked them, those two writers, uh, or didn't even ask them, presented those two as the founders of Vertigo. You know, I I can't I can't accept his credibility as a nerd if he's going to have producers or whatever else. First of all, if he's going to have producers do all the research for him, and then secondly, if he's if they're either going to get it wrong or he's going to interpret it wrong or whatever, it just I don't know. It just turned me it turned me off big time when I heard that. So I don't think I'll listen to that either. I I I'm doubtful of Chris Hardwick's uh, nerdist credentials. Let me just say that. And I'm sure that'll make people write in and say, oh, no, blah, 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 he's great, blah, blah, I don't care. I just, sometimes you make a mistake like that, I just can't, I just can't come away from it anymore. Where are we here? We have Mike Ortiz uh, on this week's New Comics Wednesday episode. He writes, I was thinking about your comment about Green Arrow Longbow Hunters being to Green Arrow, what The Dark Knight Returns was to Batman. I hear this comparison a lot, and while there are similarities, and DC was certainly positioning it that way back then especially considering it was in the prestige format, I think it's not entirely accurate. The Dark Knight was out of continuity and very self-contained. It was very much an ending to the character and was also very much a, an examination of the icon. It's broad and very exaggerated, cartoonish at times. Longbow Hunters is similar, and it shows an older version of the character, and it adds the grim and gritty aspect like the Dark Knight did. But it's not an ending, but rather a new beginning, with a new fresh modern take, in a sense almost a blend of Dark Knight and Man of Steel, but without a reboot. It's also far more grounded and real, it feels much more like a pivot for the character. Longbow Hunters did breathe new life to the character, but in a very different way than Dark Knight or Man of Steel, or any number of reboots, restarts, or reimaginings from that era like Flash or Wonder Woman. It's almost an inverse to Justice League, the continuity and character are pretty much intact, just a big change in tone and direction. Where Justice League went light, Longbow Hunters went dark. Anyway, that's just my take. Perhaps you said all this in your Raging Bullets discussion. I haven't listened to it yet, but I hope to soon. Thanks for doing the show. And I certainly don't disagree with anything you say, Mike. I, I, my comment literally was just that. Green Hour Longbow Hunters is to Green Hour what Dark Knight Returns is to Batman. And I, I think I, I just left it at that. What you're taking away in the differences, I think I just meant I think I just meant that comment to reflect the similarities. What Dark Knight did for Batman, Green Arrow Longbow Hunters really did for Green Arrow. I mean it really did. Regardless of the differences, it put Green Arrow sort of on a track. The character was at the, by that point was just a, a Justice League of America supporting character, even though he had a, a four issue miniseries before that. So he wasn't as relevant, he wasn't in the, in the mind's eye of comic readers as he was when Longbow Hunters hit. Because look, it could have failed, and we never could have gotten the ongoing series. And the same thing's true of Batman. I mean, Batman before Dark Knight Returns is a very different Batman from Batman after Dark Knight Returns. And the same could be said about Green Arrow. The same could be said about a lot of those prestige format books that came out at the time. Blackhawk, Hawkworld, 
the fall of Adam Strange. They were, I like the word you use there, they were like little pivot miniseries that, that tweaked the character and set them on a whole new path. And ultimately, that's just what I mean. So yes, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, but I just chose to, I just didn't define it. I, so, you know, what you got out of that comic, great. And I'm sure some people got something different out of it. You know, I remember reading those at the time and going, whoa, this is not what I remember Green Arrow being like, or this is not what I was reading Green Arrow to be like. And that reaction, that, that was huge. And it happened with Batman, Dark Knight Returns. It happened with that. It happened with Hawkworld, where you just went, wow, look what they're doing with these characters. So, uh, yeah, so good, good comment. Just a few more here. Anonymous on Tumblr writes in and says, Here's a question for you. The other night I was flipping through the channels and caught a bit of white collar on USA and thought that its star, Matt Bomer, would make a good Dick Grayson slash Nightwing if they ever made a live-action movie featuring the character. We've all seen lots of different Bruce Waynes on screen over the years, but who do you think would be a good Dick Grayson? I'm not the best at this game, <laughs> even though I, I have very strong opinions once someone is cast. I can't necessarily say I always have the best casting choices uh, from the get-go. I know back in the day, Eric Stoltz, a younger Eric Stoltz, made a perfect Wally West Flash. Um, he even had the little cleft in his chin that George Perez used to always draw. But in terms of playing this game, I, I'm not really good at it. I can say this, Dick Grayson is supposed to only be about 5'10". He's short, he's toned, he's not overly stocky, he's only about 175 pounds. So... You need somebody that really captures that very stoic but confident, young, short quality. <laughs> that would be, whoever can that can be, would, would be my Dick Grayson. So if anybody has any uh, choices out there that they want to send me, we'll start playing that game. Uh, who do you think should be Dick Grayson in, uh, in a movie or TV show? Devin Bruce, Dr. Teeth of the Scotch and Comics podcast, writes in to say... I don't have anything notable to say, but I had to drop you a line. I haven't listened to all of the Daily Rios episodes, but I appreciate and like everyone. I didn't realize how much I missed hearing your voice in the podcast first. Thanks. Both literally and figuratively. And I am really impressed with this little podcast adventure you're embarking on. I really liked last Thursday's episode on teaching. I'm a speech-language pathologist in an early education setting, so I understand the nerves and the worry about setting up for a new school year. Thanks again. I am currently trying to work up the nerve to send you a 30-second advertisement for my podcast, Scotch and Comics. And of course, if you ever wanted to do a guest spot, i.e. drink alcohol and talk about comic books on Skype, the door is open to you. Devin, that's like two of my favorite things. I'm sold. And by all means, anybody who has, who has a podcast and you want to do up a little 30, 45-second minute promo, I will definitely play it here on the show. I'm all about spreading the love. And uh, that sounds great. Alcohol and comics. Sign me up. Vito from Brooklyn writes in to say, Keep up the good work. With the Musical Monday eps, I have little to no knowledge, background, or interest in musicals before your daily episodes. But hearing about your experiences in various shows in your formative years makes me want to know more. Second, a question. Do you have any thoughts on Dan Klaus? I've recently gotten into his work and find myself wanting to go back and get everything. I've also started going back and listening to Indie Spinnerack on your recommendation and then pumped Mr. Phil starting it up again. You keep putting out the episodes, I'll keep listening. Dan Claus will actually be at SPX this weekend, 
And the only thing I've ever read of his work is Ghost World. And the Chemical Box podcast just did a review of Ghost World in episode 19 of their show. So you can definitely check that out. I don't have any great thoughts because it was a long time ago that I read Ghost World. But he is someone that, as I sort of go through reading all the classics and trying to make sure I broaden uh, my mind in terms of the comic greats, he's someone that I should probably add to that list. So yes, I do I do think I should probably have some thoughts about Dan Klaus, and I don't right now. Other than to say that I liked Ghost World, I remember liking Ghost World, and I remember liking the movie, but uh, I guess I need to read some more. Vito also sent me an iTunes review, so I really appreciate what he had to say about that, so thank you for that. And lastly here, Jay Sternitsky of PaperDreamProductions.com. Caught the first week of the Daily and enjoyed it. Went back and listened to the rest. Great to have your voice, thoughts, opinions back in my ears. Good luck with the start of the school year. Hopefully we'll see you back in Colorado again next year at Denver Comic Con. You bet I'll be back there. Jay and his brother Drew uh, do a book called Short Stack, Tales of a Superhuman Plumber. And I tell you, you won't see artwork like Drew's in a regular comic book. It is very abstract. It is very fine artish. Very different and very awesome. So go check it out, paperdreamproductions.com. So that is it. That is a rather long Feedback Friday. Thank you, everyone, for all your comments. I apologize if I missed anybody, but do know that I read everything on Twitter, on the website, on email, on Facebook, wherever you decide to send comments. I definitely pay attention to it all. So I appreciate everybody's thoughts. You can send me any kind of feedback you want for any future Feedback Fridays or on any episode at peter at thedailyrios.com. Follow me through Twitter, Peter J. Rios. Follow me on Instagram if you want. I really feel I should be posting more pictures up there of stuff I'm reading and other things I see around town. And leave a comment on the website or leave a comment on iTunes, and please subscribe through iTunes. That would be great. Thank you again for everybody who's been spreading the word. I really appreciate it. Thank you for you know stick, sticking with the podcast and... Uh, I'm going to be going to SBX this weekend. Maybe I'll have some clips. I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily going down there to, to do interviews, but I'm sure I'll talk about it once I get back. Uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to hitting that convention. And before I go, one big, huge thank you to my pretty girl for a great week this week. It was her birthday this week, and for all the stuff she has done for me uh, in the past few months, uh, I really can't. Thank her enough for being awesome, and uh, I guess sometimes I put these messages at the end here to see if she actually <laughs> listens to the whole episode, or if she conks out in by the middle, then uh, skips it and says, ah, I don't need to listen anymore. So we'll see. It's another, like, a, like a little test. I won't see her for a couple days, so uh, I'm just throwing this in the air for her. All right, that's it for this week. I will see you all next week. Please be safe, and I'll get back at you on Monday.